Ahoy, ahoy, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. It is episode number 12. Today is Tuesday, September 9th in the year of our Lord, 2008. And we have one heck of a show for you today as there is almost too much to talk about. Almost too much to talk about. But first and foremost, we are available here on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. And I deeply appreciate Dylan Richardson, who is the executive producer of thesportstuff.com. As without him, there is no Purple Mafia on thesportstuff.com or iTunes. So it's a great pleasure to be here. And I thank each and every one of you for downloading as you got my show in the iTunes Sports Top 100 a few weeks ago. And let's get back in there again as I think this show deserves to be in there. And I appreciate those of you that got me in there very much. If you do enjoy the show, tell a friend. Now, now to get into the nitty-gritty of what this show will be about today. Well, we are going to, of course, talk about the game last night. Not quite what Viking fans saw, really, coming into this game. Not really at all what we expected. Um, maybe some of you did. Maybe some of you cynics out there. As I have a little cynic in me sometimes, but not always. Certainly not coming into this game. Um, we also are going to talk about the retirement of Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper has retired from the National Football League. As some of you know, some of you may not know. Most of you that are knowledgeable NFL fans probably have a pretty good idea about that by now. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, NFL breakdown about other scores in the National Football League. Other news, like Tom Brady, as uh, you will probably all know, um, the poll results from last week's poll on the sportsstuff.com in the Purple Mafia section, and the newest poll for this episode. So with that, we'll be right back as we're going to get into the game, the border battle. Here on the sportsstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, of course, episode number 12. And, well, there was a game last night. Yeah, there was a game. Mm -hmm. I guess you could call it that as, uh, my goodness, that was pretty disappointing. It was pretty sloppy. Not really what you'd like to see in a Viking-Packer matchup. We all remember the great uh, matchup in 1998 when these two teams were in Lambeau Field. Yeah, not quite one of those performances. Very sloppy by the Vikings. Uh, Packers getting 12 penalties in the game. The Vikings getting nine. Vikings only penalized 42 yards. The Packers penalized 118. Yeah, the Vikings did not capitalize on any of those penalties. They just did not get anything going in this game at all. Uh, Longwell getting two field goals. That's great. Um Pretty much just chip shot field goals as the Vikings fail to get the first down so many times with Tavares Jackson's lame uh, accuracy in this game. I mean, Tavares Jackson, 
Well, he completed 16 of 35 attempts for 45% completion percentage and 59 quarterback rating. Horrible, absolutely horrible. Uh, just Tavares Jackson regressing right back to where a lot of the cynical Viking fans thought he was from day one as a uh, yeah, not looking like a starting quarterback right now. Definitely not. Um, Packers defense, not the kind of defense I fear all that much. I mean, they're decent, but they're not exactly the Baltimore Ravens in 2000. They're not the Bears in 2005. I mean, no, they're certainly not the Steelers. I just don't understand it. So the Vikings defense, one of the best in the NFL, right? One of the best, right? Well, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, his first start of his career. He completed 18 of 22 attempts, 81% percentage, a quarterback rating of 115. Aaron Rodgers looked pretty darn good. As He was the biggest question coming into this game was, how good will Aaron Rodgers be? It worked out pretty well for him. <laughs> as I said, Aaron Rodgers would be a pretty good quarterback. And, boy, he looked pretty darn accurate yesterday with those numbers that I just read to you. I mean, obviously, and it wasn't just the numbers, of course. You, had, you saw it with your very own eyes. It was... You know, it was above average. It was above average. I mean, he's not Joe Montana in his prime, but, um, well, he was a first-round pick. So he was at one point thought to be going, oh, maybe second or third overall, If you know, with Alex Smith going number one back in 2004. <laughs> Alex Smith not working out at all, of course. Aaron Rodgers, well, he has a chance to be a part of something pretty good in Green Bay. Uh, Tavares Jackson. Looking more like a seventh-round pick, <laughs> you know. He looked more like a seventh-round pick yesterday. As uh, I just, Viking fans' frustrations boiling over yet again. As uh, Well, you know what happened? A lot of us expected the Vikings to win this game, including myself. And what do the Vikings always do when you expect them? Expect them to win. What do they usually do? Mm-hmm. They usually perform like this. Yep. They let you down. They come out with an underwhelming effort. And, um, yeah, I'm very upset about it, to be honest. Uh, Tavares Jackson's mobility, certainly not a problem, as, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people thought he'd have problems with his mobility because of the knee injury. Well, you can't blame his performance on the knee injury with his 65 yards rushing Tavares Jackson. You can't blame it on that. He just didn't get it done. I mean, the only thing you can possibly think of is, well, he... Uh, you know, maybe he just was out of sync because he hadn't played in a couple of weeks. Okay, I guess. I, I don't buy it, folks. I don't buy it. I can't do it. Uh, special teams coverage. As always, porous. Will Blackman returning a Chris Cluey punt 76 yards for the score. It seems this team's special teams coverage is always in question year in and year out. And, well, it, nothing is changing once again here in 2008. I'm not happy with the special teams. I mean, I love our kickers. Don't get me wrong. Our kickers are awesome. Our returners, uh, you know, I don't know about the kick returners very much. Uh, Andre Allison averaging 19.5. Chester Taylor, yeah, that was kind of an interesting idea. I, You know, that was a new idea that just started up oh, a couple, like a week or two ago. One kick return, 21 yards. Not bad, not bad. Um, so Andre Ellison getting that job, as I said, like last episode, despite, uh, you know, Raynaud and Jamar Johnson, you know, Darius Raynaud and Jamar Johnson outperforming him in the preseason. 
Well, it's Andre Ellison's job, and he looked okay. Okay. Nothing great, really, I can say. Um, Charles Gordon, nothing. Fair catch. So that's just the way that goes. And here's another stat for you folks out there to admire. As remember the uh, wonderful Purple People Eaters defense that myself included, and rightfully so, expected coming into this year to, you know, fluster Aaron Rodgers and uh, be a terror and just rack up the sack total. You know how many sacks the Vikings got yesterday? Are you ready? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Zero sacks for the Vikings. Um, obviously, most of you already saw the game, but it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just you, one of those things you gotta you got to review because it ain't a pretty sight. Very disappointing as the Vikings getting zero sacks in this game. Jared Allen not really involved like you'd expect. The Packers offensive line doing a good job. Kevin Williams doing very well, though. Antoine Winfield did okay, but got burned pretty good on one play. Included that Will Blockman play, not looking good at all on special teams. Um, the rush defense, not so great either, as that is becoming kind of a concern here. Uh, Ryan Grant, 92 yards and only 12 rushes, so 7.7 a carry. Not good stuff, folks, as Ryan Grant definitely looking the part. And, hey, you know, you got to give Ryan Grant credit. He is a very good football player, and he sure showed it last night. Uh, Garrett Mills getting involved, though. That's a good sign. That is a good sign with Garrett Mills. 49 yards receiving. Bernard Berrien, thank God, is somewhat healthy. But you got to be concerned. Is there? He has a turf toe thing going on. And uh, that is not good. That is not good. I just hope and pray that it doesn't hurt his performance all year. As it can be one of those type of injuries that nags you all year. And are you ready for some positivity, finally? Some positivity. Well, Adrian Peterson with his 103 yards and a touchdown finally gets to getting over the century mark for the first time in five regular season games for AP. Good stuff. Of course, yes, as I said, getting that touchdown. But, of course, it was very late in the game. Though it put the Vikings in position to do something, which is really good news. But Tavares Jackson, who, of course, well, he threw a touchdown to Sidney Rice early in the fourth quarter. But then they failed on the two-point conversion. As they tried to get the game within three points, and uh, or we tried, they we we you know what I mean, <laughs> tried to get within three points, and uh, well, didn't work out. Horrible pass to Sidney Rice or a, attempted pass to Sidney Rice, failed miserably again, and uh, well, the way this finished out was just as frustrating as ever. The Vikings within five, you know, still very much alive. You know, they're in the two-minute huddle with Tavares Jackson. And, uh, well, <laughs> Jackson overthrowing Vasante Shenko into a game-icing interception to the Packers' defensive end, Mike Montgomery. Very frustrating and very telling as the Vikings did not deserve to win the game. They did not deserve to win the game, despite the fact the Packers tried to give us, <laughs> tried to give us the game with all those penalties, as I mentioned earlier. This game was very frustrating. For me, for many Viking fans, as I got lots of phone calls during the game, just people pissed off, frustrated, lots of instant messaging going on, you know, lots of communication while watching the game, not some fun stuff at all. Uh, 
As uh, I don't know what to think right now, exactly. I did think the Vikings were going to win this game. Now they got to go and play a pissed-off Indianapolis Colts team next week in the Metrodome, which is nice, but I can't imagine the Colts are going to be all too excited right now. I mean, I think they're going to be absolutely pumped after losing to the Chicago Bears badly in the first game of the regular season. The Bears made them look silly, and uh, I don't know what to say. I, I Right now... I'm not sure what's going to happen. Are the Vikings going to go 0-2? It could go that way. It really could. And we'll preview that game later on in this show when we get into the NFL breakdown, as I'll get into that infamous Chicago Bears-Indianapolis Colts game. And, of course, we'll talk about the Indianapolis Colts, the Week 2 opponent, as the Vikings' home opener will commence next week. But now... We are going to get off this frustrating game and hope for the best afterward. And we're going to talk about a guy by the name of Dante Culpepper before we get into the NFL breakdown. As, yeah, he retired earlier this week, believing he has been blackballed. So we'll be right back after this announcement. Here on the SportsStuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. are back here on Purple Mafia, as the commercially just heard was Brave the Wild, that is my Minnesota Wild podcast, where we talk about, of course, Minnesota Wild, NHL, hockey, and uh, any of you fans out there that are also hockey fans, not just the Vikings, but the Wild as well, do check it out and do enjoy. Well, our former quarterback retired last week, the first round Pick 11th overall by the Minnesota Vikings in 1999. A somewhat surprised pick at the time. Well, he's done. He's done, folks. He's only 31 years old, and he is done. I can't believe it. Um, he believes he was blackballed by many teams across the Great Divide. And uh, the Green Bay Packers offered him a position to be the backup to Aaron Rodgers, for a million dollars this year. It was a one-year contract, and he turned it down, folks. Dante Culpepper turned it down. His ego just too high. This guy has never learned since uh, all that hullabaloo after the love boat scene and, uh, you know, the him and the ego matchup with, by the time, new new coach Brad Childress. Him and Dante Culpepper never saw eye to eye as Culpepper refused to come back to Minnesota to work out and recover from injury as he planned to stay in a strip mall in South Florida rather than come back here and work out with his team. As To me, that is a mystery and will always be a mystery. It's, I don't think we'll ever really find out why Culpepper was so selfish. Um, at the same time, Brad Childress may have been a little too hard on him as he traded him right away, <laughs> had the Vikings front office trade him to Miami where, of course, Culpepper did not work out there. 
And then Oakland last year, eh, not much. Not much to say. Really not much at all. Other than he got three rushing touchdowns. Wahoo, you know. Quarterback rating 78. Um, as we're going to reflect real quick back on Dante Culpepper's career, uh, 99, of course, or 1999, of course, did not play as he was playing behind Randall Cunningham and Jeff George. We all know what happened there with Cunningham sucking that year, Jeff George taking over, doing well, but losing in the second round to the St. Louis Rams. So that's done. The year 2000, though, what a introduction to a career by Dante Culpepper that season. 33 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 7 rushing touchdowns. He entered, started his career with 3 rushing touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. That was amazing. No throwing touchdowns, but 3 rushing touchdowns by a quarterback? Good grief. Um, of course, getting 4 more the remainder of that year, but then his passing skills took over after that, as I said, with those great numbers. 98 quarterback rating, about 4,000 yards. Unfortunately, getting hurt against the Green Bay Packers late that season, in which the Vikings choked a home game away and that of course took away the home field advantage for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC and the infamous 41 donut game happened in New York City or the Meadowlands I mean in the NFC championship game we all remember that in 2000 he was Culpepper was not the same player at all just totally disappointing um had no veteran backup remember that was the key with Dante Culpepper he had Bobby Brister behind him in 2000 and, uh, you know, anytime Gulf Pulpiver had a veteran backup, it worked out pretty nicely. 2001, really bad. You know, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, quarterback rating 83. Uh, he was really actually worse that year <laughs> than his numbers would indicate. Todd Bauman, of course, took over as Culpepper's season ended with injury after 11 games. And, uh, you know, a lot of us thought maybe he'd come back ready to rock and roll the next year. Uh, it looked like it in the preseason. Instead, he had an even worse year. He did play all gay, all 16 games, but his quarterback rating dips down to 75. 18 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. Just, you know, he got the 10 rushing touchdowns. We're happy for you because he couldn't throw, so he figured, why not run? 600 yards in that season also, but, uh, man, man, man. Just not the same guy at all. It was very frustrating, and, uh, that was the year that Dante Culpepper had more turnovers. Then some teams in the NFL, some teams, he had 21 fumbles, 21 fumbles and 23 interceptions, folks. 44 turnovers by one player. Dante Culpepper, one of the biggest turnover artists in NFL history, when he was playing anyway. And, uh, boy, it was that tough. 2003, though, he came back, folks. Dante Culpepper was back. And it was a sight to see. Unfortunately, he had some back injury later on that year. Uh, he had 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in 14 games, a quarterback rating of 96.4. Not bad at all. Um, but, yeah, as I said, he had a back injury as a helmet hit him in the vertebra, a couple of cracked vertebra, which sounds a lot worse than it ended up being as he only missed two games. Came back and did a good job. But the infamous... <laughs> Lost to the worst team on the planet in the final game of the season. Another Vikings choke to the Arizona Cardinals and the infamous Cade McNown to Poole, Nathan Poole, at the buzzer from the 50-yard line, I believe, ended the Vikings season, and the Packers won the division, and blah, 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 blah. Terrific. But the next year, 2004, for Dante Culpepper, was his last year in the sun. You could 
definitely say. A quarterback rating of 111, 4,717 yards passing, 39 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Oh, my God. What a year by Dante Culpepper. And his fumbles dropped from 15 to 9. He only lost four of them also that year. Uh, hey, his turnover numbers dropping dramatically. His numbers, his overall numbers, though, just absolutely ridiculous. And here's the catch of all time, though. The Vikings are only 8-8 eight and eight that year. Absolutely frustrating, though they did. They did win a road game in Lambeau Field to advance to the second round. And, of course, in turn, were crushed by the Philadelphia Eagles in round number two. So Culpepper's playoff success very much in question. And who would have thunk it, folks, that that would be the last playoff game Dante Culpepper would ever play in the NFL or so at this time, if unless he makes some dramatic comeback. And we'll get into that in a little bit also. But uh, in the year 2005, came out like a dog. I mean, he was awful. He was worse than in 2002 and 2001. He was so bad, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was literally, I believe, his first couple of plays of, his, of the season against Tampa Bay were turnovers, interceptions. He had six touchdowns, 12 interceptions in seven games. And, of course, in that seventh game against the Carolina Panthers, Dante Culpepper's career changed forever. As he was hit in the knee, and he tore his ACL, his MCL, and the, uh, I believe it is the LCL, as that was just a very devastating injury. Tom Gugliotta had the same injury as uh, his teammate Livingston fell into Tom Gugliotta's knee, head into a knee, and Tom Gugliotta, the former Timberwolf and Phoenix Sun, was never the same again after that. His career, obviously, never the same again. And Dante Culpepper, the same deal. Because, of course, as I said, when he was recovering from the injury, he got in a spat with Childress, traded to Miami Dolphins, where he did almost nothing. Just played four games, pretty much backup numbers, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Goes to Oakland, eh, you know, five touchdowns, five interceptions. Mediocre at best, not the same guy, though he did rush for a couple touchdowns last season. And uh, that's it. There's your Dante Culpepper career, folks, as this guy, when he, whenever he had a veteran backup quarterback, as note, in 2003 and 2004, Gus Farratt was backing up Dante Culpepper, and in 2000, Bubby Brister was backing him up. And without a veteran presence, as Todd Bauman and, uh, well, Brad Johnson was a veteran in 2005, but he had, I don't think Brad Johnson had any interest of really being a backup of Dante Culpepper, and I think that got to him, Dante Culpepper, as he is apparently a very fragile individual, and, uh, well, that's what happened. This guy just could not control his emotions when it mattered most, could never win big games on the road or at home, <laughs> much less, uh, as that is your career of Dante Culpepper, no longer a Viking quarterback, of course, no longer anybody's quarterback. And uh, now after Tom Brady's injury, as we slide into the NFL breakdown, Tom Brady injured and out for the season, a devastating ACL injury to Tom Brady in week one. As far as Eden's Chiefs still lose, though, 17-10 to to the New England Patriots under Matt Castle leading the way for the New England Patriots later in the game. But, uh, yeah, 
Tom Brady, done. And now Randy Moss wants Dante Culpepper to come out of retirement and play for the Patriots. But the Patriots right now want Matt Kessel to be the guy. And uh, that's where things stand over there in New England. As we are now going to slide into other news in the NFL, uh, well, the opening game of the entire season was Thursday, September 4th. New York Giants beat Washington. The team I called a boring team, the Washington Redskins. And no, I don't think they're a boring team. I apologize for that to any Redskins fans that might be listening to this podcast. Uh, I said that in my video last year. They're not a boring team, but, well, the Giants beat them anyway. So, what? So whatever. <laughs> Baltimore defeats Cincinnati behind Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, who was awful in the preseason, wins his first game of his career, his first start, his first game, period. Brett Favre of the New York Jets defeats Chad Pennington. Yeah, Chad Pennington of the Miami Dolphins, the former Jet quarterback, as both of them had a pretty good game. 20-14, to 14, Jets win. Jets win, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Favre, very impressive. 15-22, two touchdowns, 194 yards. Pennington threw the ball 43 times, folks. Got two touchdowns, one interception, 251 yards. A uh, little overkill on Pennington's arm there. Uh, not much rushing help. I mean, Ricky Williams, 24 yards. Ronnie Brown, 23. Don't know what Miami is doing. I have no idea at all. Jets win that one. Of course, there's the New England and Kansas City. Already mentioned that. Pittsburgh and Houston. The Steelers destroy the Houston Texans. And, of course, two of my fantasy players, Matt Schaub and Andre Johnson, eh, okay in this game, but the Steelers kicked their kicked their butts, absolutely. Um, that team could be the favorite in the AFC now with New England, without Tom Brady, and the uh, Indianapolis Colts reeling at this point in time. Watch out for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as they did win a Super Bowl just three years ago. They are emerging. Tennessee, another crazy game. Tennessee defeats Jacksonville 17-10. to Now, those two teams know each other very well, and funny things do happen when those two teams play. But a lot of people, like the steam of Jacksonville, did not work out on this particular day. Despite the fact there is some wacky stuff going on with Vince Young right now. With some police negotiators getting involved and him being missing. Okay, I don't know what the heck's going on with that. Detroit and Atlanta, uh, the Falcons destroy the Atlanta, the Detroit Falcons, de- uh, de- uh, the Atlanta Falcons destroy the Detroit Lions, 34 to 21. Um, the big story of that game though, well there's two big stories. Matt Ryan's first pass of his career was a 60 yard touchdown. <laughs> 60 yard touchdown, just unbelievable. Unfortunately it was the only touchdown he would throw in the game, and that touchdown pass to Michael Jenkins of the Falcons, of course, 62-yard play. Uh, Michael Turner, though, took over after that, the former San Diego Charger, 220 yards, two touchdowns. Unbelievable. Michael Turner has arrived, folks, and the Falcons have a gem in Michael Turner. Seattle Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills, another weird game where a very you know, a team that a lot of us expected to be pretty good this year gets beaten badly. The Buffalo Bills destroy the Seattle Sea Chickens. Is Mike Holmgren not a happy camper? Uh, just blow it furious with that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, 76 yards, one touchdown. Nobody majorly standing out in this particular game. Um, uh, Edwards with, you know, he completed about 63% of his passes. Not bad at all. Hasselbeck, horrible. Don't know what happened there. 
Uh, 17 of 41, horrible game for him. Nate Burleson had a great, good game with 60 yards and a touchdown, but is done for the year with an ACL injury. That is a shame. He was on my fantasy team. He was, of course, cut, and I signed Eddie Royal of the Denver Broncos, who I'll talk about later. What a nice emergence by him last night. Uh, New Orleans, a team I like a lot, defeating Tampa Bay 24-20. Philadelphia and St. Louis, boy, those St. Louis Rams. Scott Linehan is in deep doo-doo right now. As I don't think he's going to keep his job. There's almost no chance. And the Philadelphia Eagles are emerging as a threat in the NFC, as long as they can stay healthy. I see them becoming, oh, like a top two or three team here in the National Football Conference behind the evil, wicked Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, it was 38-3 to in favor of Philadelphia. Yikes. Brian Westbrook rocks. Donovan McNabb rocks. Excellent team there. Um, Dallas Cowboys win 28-10. to A pretty boring game. Cowboys just schooled them. And now another crazy game again. Carolina defeating San Diego. As Coach Fox is back is to the wall in Carolina, and I have a lot of faith in him that he will get his Carolina Panthers to emerge, and it's sure looking like it as they defeat the San Diego Chargers 26-24 to in a strange game when San Diego and New England and Indianapolis all lose. The top three teams for me in the AFC all lose. Well, actually, New England did not lose. I apologize, but, oh, they lost. All right. <laughs> They lost the best quarterback in the league, maybe the best quarterback ever. Uh, Arizona, not not a bad start, defeating the hapless San Francisco 49ers with J.T. O'Sullivan at the helm, 23-13. to Chicago defeating the Indianapolis Colts. I'll get right back into that in a second as the only other game, Denver and Oakland. Denver defeating the Oakland Raiders 41-14, to though I like the emergence of Jamarcus Russell, not bad. Though Jay Cutler looks like a star in the making, as he absolutely looks like the best quarterback in the draft that he came out of with Vince Young and Matt Leinart, as those two guys not quite living up to the hype. Jay Cutler absolutely looking like a star, as I said. Though Jamarcus Russell, not bad, as his quarterback rating was over 102 touchdowns. So, eh, except those are the only two touchdowns in the entire game. So we're happy for you. Uh, Denver's running situation, very strange. Lots of Backups and wannabes over there right now, but uh, they're getting it done nonetheless. So now quickly we go to Chicago and Indianapolis as the Bears defeat the Colts 29-13. to As I said, Matt Forte coming out with a bang. 23 rushes, 123 yards, touchdown, and a touchdown. Awesome job. Peyton Manning actually looked pretty good in this game, but uh, wasn't enough. Only got one touchdown, though, so what have you. Not working out at all for the Colts. Um, what do you do? <laughs> As uh, the Bears' defense is back. But now i got to think that this Indianapolis team is going to be ready to rock and roll against the Minnesota Vikings as Reggie Wayne is becoming an absolute threat. Marvin Harrison is back. Watch out for him, of course. <laughs> As both Harrison and Wayne getting about 80 yards in this game. Joseph Adai struggling, though, against the Bears' rushing defense, and the Vikings' defensive line needs to step up this time as uh, Ryan Grant pretty much kicked our butts yesterday, and Joseph Adai is even better, as a lot of fantasy people out there would take him third overall in the draft. Joseph Adai, to me, is a guy the Vikings need to absolutely focus on in this game, as Peyton Manning 
and such. They're going to get theirs. They're absolutely going to get theirs. As look what happened. They did get theirs, yet they still got destroyed because Joseph Adai was not much of a factor. Vikings need to get some turnovers in this game. That is the key also. Not a single turnover last night against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they forced one fumble, but the Packers recovered it. So, great. That's not a turnover. Last time I checked, Vikings need to get some type of turnover or 10 in this game. They need to sack the quarterback, though good luck with uh, Peyton Manning. He is almost impossible to sack as their offensive line is pretty good despite the fact the Bears did a decent job on him. They did sack him twice. Kyle Orton, of course, sacked twice as well. The funny part is Kyle Orton's quarterback rating was actually slightly higher than Peyton Manning, as he does not take chances like Rex Grossman, and he, he did what he needed to do. We need Tavares Jackson to do that. We need Tavares Jackson to not throw the ball quite as much, and our running back in Adrian Peterson to, be, to, to go out and be Matt Fort. Hey. Matt Forte, go out there and kick some butt against this Indianapolis defensive line, which is just not looking so hot coming out of the gate here. So, uh, to me, that would be my game plan going into the game. Focus on Joseph Adai, and of course, Adrian Peterson, focus on getting him the ball more than ever as Tavares Jackson. You don't want him gunning against anybody. Not worth it. Um, that's pretty much all I can say at this point in time for the preview. And uh, right now, I don't have a pick in this game. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's it's even right now. I can't tell you what's going to happen next week. It's 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 your call, folks. It really is. Um, I hope you enjoyed this NFL breakdown and the NFL news, and of course the Viking Packer breakdown. As we're going to come back for a final segment, we're going to do our poll results from last week, and we're going to talk about the newest poll on the thesportsstuff.com. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, and it is time to get into the polls here on thesportsstuff.com. Now, of course, to get on the message boards here on thesportsstuff.com, there is a button that says TSS Boards on the upper right-hand corner of the front page. Click on that. You will then be asked to either sign in or uh, sign up. And I encourage you listeners to sign up on the message boards. It is 100% free and 100% fun. And also, that way, you can interact with me here on the air with Pro Mafia as your comments and uh, voting will be Red on air on Purple Mafia. Now, last week's poll question was, which NFL roster move is the most intriguing? As, of course, there were a couple of, you know, roster moves or uh, positions won or lost, you know, in the final week of the preseason. Now, the four selections were, or four choices were, Matt Flynn being named the Packers' number two quarterback, Joe Flacco named the Ravens' starter, 
Rudy Johnson signed by the Lions or Joey Harrington signed by Baltimore. Um, well, Joe Flacco and Joey Harrington not even brought up at all. They weren't voted at all, so no one cares about the Ravens here on thesportstuff.com. So some of you Baltimore people might want to come over here and do some interacting, huh? But no, Matt Flynn and Rudy Johnson, those two moves were 50% apiece. So there's no winner. My choice, of course, is Matt Flynn being named the Packers' number two quarterback as a seventh-round pick. Rookie is your number two quarterback in Green Bay. Absolutely crazy. Um, Apparently... Aaron Rodgers is not like Dante Culpepper and does not need a veteran quarterback to perform well. Veteran quarterback behind him, whatever, to perform well. So that's how things stand there. The newest poll is going to be a, a simple one. As that's pretty much all, that's pretty much the biggest topic right now with the Vikings, I would say. It is. Are your Vikings hopes dashed a little by this loss? Yes or no? So a very simple thing. We'll read it next week on air. Don't be afraid to comment, as I would love to hear from you. Um, I do have an email address, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Email a question, comment, complaint, whatever you want to do, and I'll read it on air most likely. Uh, if, if you'd like it to be read on air, if you don't want it to be read on air, just type in, please don't read this on air. And, uh, well, either way, we'll discuss discuss things. Maybe I'll just email you back if that's all you want. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, though, as don't just watch sports, get involved. That is a slogan here on thesportstuff.com, as we want you involved. And I also will be back next week after the Indianapolis Colts game. Hopefully there will be some more positive stuff to talk about. Hopefully Sidney Rice, well, he did get a touchdown this week, but let's hope Tavares Jackson can be a little bit more accurate this time around. Uh, Adrian Peterson to keep up the good work. You know, all that good stuff. And, of course, Jared Allen and the defensive line to explode against Peyton Manning. That would be terrific. And uh, with that, we are going to close out this show. I hope you enjoyed it, as I sure did. And we'll talk to you soon. Go Vikings. Take care.